0: Welcome to episode 24 of the Auto Week podcast. Uh, we're here in beautiful downtown Detroit with Jake. Yo. Uh Wesley hey and Graham Hi and we uh, I'm Rory uh, if you don't know that by now uh, but uh, anyway, we're here to talk a little bit about racing. Uh, we've got some news from the car show scene as well. Um, we're gonna be joined in a second here by our um, one of our, our absolute best contributors, Stephen Cole Smith who is spending a lot of time on the road covering IMSA for us this year. Does a lot of other stuff for us as well. Um, got that great Hurley Haywood story in the last issue that you probably read uh, or read online. Um, but he uh, he is just back from Sebring and he has some really uh, great insights into into how that season is shaping up, I guess, to the degree that Daytona and Sebring can really be indicative of, of how an IMSA season is going to shape up. But we're going to go right to that interview and then we will catch you on the other side. So you were you were down at the race this weekend. Just real quick, uh, overall kind of impressions. What are you hearing from trackside, from the media center? Give us give us the overview. I
1: uh, th- think seating went pretty well. I think everybody was pretty happy with it. Uh, there was no major controversies, unlike uh, the 24 Hours of Daytona, where they had a couple of things going on, including a weird deal with. Uh, the number twenty nine uh... Audi, which seemed to refuel faster than all the other gt daytona cars and they said it was illegal even though it wasn't illegal but it was just simply that it was refueling too fast so they had some explaining to do then. but there apparently was no problem like that this year uh... it was a pretty straightforward race uh... There really weren't that many crashes at Daytona, so I was a little bit of a surprise to see a Ferrari upside down just nine laps (laughs) into this race. And then there were a couple of other uh, bad ones, including uh, toward the end of the race, the number 90 Spirit of Daytona car. Uh, Just on its own, speared the uh, tire wall outside uh, the last turn, which was scary. Uh, Anytime you got a crash at night, it's really scary because you can't really tell what happened.
2: And and that's uh, a fast corner. uh, The
1: TV covers because the lighting's not very good, and of course, everything looks much worse. Mm -hmm. In this particular case, it just shredded the car and it threw parts all over the track, including tires from the tire wall, and some cars hit those, which kind of ruined their night. But overall uh i don't think there's any big surprises the number 5 car that one daytona did not do well its sister car the number 31 uh can like made the podium uh, but i think uh as i said in my story it was with the ultimate good news bad news for the ESM patron uh yeah. team the uh car that had Scott Sharp and Ryan Dial, and it uh, tapped the number 90 at the end of the front straightaway at the green flag, and that was enough to relaunch the transmission. So those guys had 11 hours and 59 minutes to watch their team car go ahead and win, which uh, Pippo Durrani, I think one of the best drivers I've seen in a long time in, in sports cars, uh, really shined in 2016, did not do that well in 2017, but Pippa looks like he's back. He was hit uh, a big lead, I think something like 11 seconds, yeah. which is massive at uh, Sebring. And uh, I don't think anybody was surprised to see him take the checkered flag again.
0: Well, you know, it, and I, I probably don't follow uh, racing. I, I watched this race, uh, obviously watched Daytona, uh closely enough. But, you know, my in my head, I was a little bit surprised, I think. Um, in my head, it was, this is always, uh, you know, this year was going to be about Cadillac and, uh, the Penske Acuras. Um, and then, you know, I guess prior to Daytona, I was probably a little bit higher on, on Mazda, but I was, I was a little bit surprised to see, uh, the Nissan powered car so strong. I mean, I think, you know, that that moment when they took the lead and then never kind of relinquished it, the car just looked. You know, visibly on the track faster than than the Acuras, so that that kind of was a surprise to me. Is that, you know, you know, I, I think our our coverage and our you know narrative on uh, IMSA this year was was centered on these three Titans uh, in the DPI class, uh, you know, Yost and Penske and Cadillac, and it's seeming like there's there's certainly a fourth car that's capable of taking overall win now.
1: Yeah, Cadillac certainly didn't disappoint in any of the two races. They just had some bad luck yeah. uh, uh, at Sebring. But uh, you're actually right. Um, Acura, uh, I don't think we assumed Acura would be that strong. We just assumed Pinsky would be that strong, right. that anything the captain touches is going to be a competitor. And it has been. I mean, the cars were fast. Uh, they did have this superstar driver lineup with Helio in one car and Montoya in the other car, but it just wasn't their day. You know, one car just had mechanical problems, ended up catching on fire briefly, and that never made a back. And then the other car with Montoya in it uh, crashed hard enough to where its day was running. Um, the Mazda's. Finally, finally showed some strength yeah. and had a pretty good day going uh, right up until the end. And I was down there in the Mazda pits, and, you know, the what we've said for several years now is Mazda keeps inventing new ways to lose, <laughs> and they did again. You know, they came in for a pit stop of uh, the number 55 car very late and it wouldn't start. It turned out to be a bad battery. We had seen something wrong with their headlights. You're, you have to have headlights on the racetrack, uh, otherwise you'll be called in. And During yellow flags they circulated with no headlights, so well, as it turns out The low beams didn't work, but the high beams did. So when they got back on the track, uh, I think it was Spencer uh, who was driving, was able to turn the headlights back on. So we didn't know if those are related, but they weren't related to the battery problem. So, uh, again, just one thing after another, but uh, definitely the Mazda car showed some speed. They were the fastest in one of the practices. Uh, There are some things to be hopeful about there, but they just didn't get the podium finished. They looked like they deserved it. Things just fell apart for him, as it so often has yeah. in the last few minutes. And we sure, you know, we're not supposed to root for anybody, but uh, four years in, it would be nice for these guys to, to win a race. And I think, I don't think any of the competitors out there would begrudge
0: them. What, what what was the mood uh, among the, the Mazda folks who were there? I, after Daytona, there was some pretty palpable uh, frustration, you know, it was not a you know that's just racing. We didn't have the luck kind of conversation um, right. after that race.
1: What was well, the? Well, John yeah. Doonan is a really good cheerleader. Uh, he was able to rally everybody, and uh, you know the car has pace, it has mm-hmm. speed. That's something it hasn't had uh, before, uh, except just in brief flashes last year. Uh, so they know it's fast enough. That uh, that was good news for him, but obviously it wasn't the good news in the form of a
0: trophy. Right. But like I said, they have reason to be optimistic, and I, I agree with you. Like I'm not, not rooting for any one manufacturer. But geez, it'd be good to, to see that fast car with that very credible you know operation and and the drivers they have. Uh, it'd be great to see them. Bringing home some hardware.
1: Yeah, and and you know the NASCAR guys talk about how the season doesn't really start at Daytona because it's such a weird race, mm-hmm. and it's kind of true with uh, IMSA with uh, Daytona and Sebring. Uh, next up is Long Beach, you know, oh. the shortest track they go to—a brutal little uh, street course. It's very narrow, very hard to pass. Qualifying is everything. Uh, the fact that the Mazda has some pace, I think, is going to be. You know, you're going to look pretty good for those guys uh, if they could just get out there and knock out a few good laps. Um, so maybe, you know, if you only have to survive for a couple hours, maybe yeah. that's a, a big difference between 12 hours or 24 hours. So hopefully, uh, maybe they've got some good news coming up.
2: What did you think of uh, the GT Lamar results? I, I was pretty surprised to see the. Porsche 911 as competitive as it was
1: yeah I was too uh well I I wasn't surprised to see it competitive I was surprised to see it not competitive the last year it just hasn't been there and uh you know they always were before they got this new mid-engine design it just has not seemed to click it hasn't seemed to work with the Michelin tires that well and something just worked to where it was a very fast car this year uh balance of performance, you know, the, the barometer that MC uses where they add weight or take away weight or add, uh, you know, inlet size that lets more air into the engine or take it away, depending on whether the car's fast or slow. Uh, that has probably helped them a little bit. It's helped the BMWs a lot. The BMWs were right there in terms of speed. Ferraris always have been, but they just don't seem to, to have quite as much uh, dependability. But uh, the uh, Ford GT and the Uh, Corvettes being locked out of a podium position I think was kind of surprising we had a 4GT in 4th but it was very nearly in 5th and made a last pass which would have been not disastrous but it just uh, we're we're assumed, always assume they're going to see a GT or a Corvette, one of the two in the top 3 but we didn't this year so uh, a little bit of room, a little bit of parity, I think it bodes well for the rest of the
2: season. I I spoke with John Edwards at uh factory bmw team and and in daytona and ahead of the sebring race and he was definitely uh equally unhappy as he was happier about balance of performance from daytona to sebring and i think that they they felt that they got they they were righted in terms of bop for the 12 hours versus the daytona 24 um but yeah ford being as far down as they were that was that was a surprise for sure
1: yeah, I think the whole idea of the BOP is if you're really happy, they've done something wrong. Mm-hmm. Everybody should be a little bit unhappy. Either the size of the fuel tank that you have, or the fuel restriction, or the arrow, somebody should be a little annoyed. But you can look at the overall speeds, and I think Corvette guys definitely have a reason to be very unhappy. But the BMW machines seem to show some pace. Yeah. But again, you know, like I was saying, we're going to Long Beach, where you know you really can't take much from Sebring away and apply it to long beach so Mm -hmm. we're probably gonna have some surprises when we get there
2: and then you had the lamborghini huracan uh two for two this season uh in gtd
1: yeah 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 that a lot of that was just racecraft those guys the, the paul miller team and those guys just executed a near flawless race and did a really good job they weren't always one of the fastest cars out there but they were dependably in the top five all day and that's the way that uh that Lamborghini team, the Paul Miller team, has been over the years. Regardless of what kind of car they've had, they uh, don't necessarily win a lot of races, but they can win some of the big ones.
0: Yeah, I, I think you're pretty happy with the uh, Daytona and Sebring trophies. are probably uh, look okay on the mantle, I would imagine. Yeah, and then
2: if you're going to win two, that's uh, that's right. Yeah, because next up, Long Beach, you know, that's 100 minutes, so it's a different kind of race altogether, and right. uh, yeah. you know, nowhere
0: near the same. Um, prestige as these first two events. So I know you've got to, you've got to jump off here uh, shortly uh, and I know we just finished talking about um, how, how bad a barometer these first two races are for the rest of the year. But looking forward to the rest of the IMSA schedule, do you have thoughts on kind of a a general outlook or who's looking strong, who's looking like they need to get some things figured out? What do you expect or what should we be watching for the rest of the season?
1: I think in uh, a prototype, it's going to be tough to not predict that a Cadillac is going to be on the podium, uh, or at least at the end of the season the number 10 car after having a just abysmal week in Daytona made a pretty good comeback. Mm-hmm. Uh, the five and the 31 are strong. The 90 showed a lot of strength until 48 drove into the tire wall. Um, I think those guys. Uh, they may be those, the mules of the, uh, uh, you know, they may not be as, as flashy or as popular, but when it just when it comes to putting their head down and getting the work done, I think, uh, Uh, I think those guys, uh, especially the 5 and the 31 team, are going to be hard to beat. And GT Lamar, I think, is pretty much anybody's uh, game right now. I think it's going to be hard to beat the four GTs. I think those guys have, especially with the new program they've got under... Mark, the new uh, guy that's uh, taken over the racing program, I think those guys are going to be tough to beat. I, if I had to put money on anybody for GT Le would probably be on the Fords. GT Daytona, it's a it's a toss up. I expect the uh, Lexus and the Acura to show more speed than they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if the Hurricanes can uh, the Hurricanes can can keep up what they've done these last two races. Uh, that's Ferrari uh, that finished second and has won the last two championships. I know the only driver that's Carrying over is uh, oh, I forgot his name. I apologize to him, but it's the one that uh, you know. Christina Nielsen right. drove for the last two years, and and uh, Cooper McNeil and his dad have kind of bought the team over. Cooper even did pretty well. He's a gentleman driver, but they came in uh, second, I think. And I think those guys, you know, are, are going to be good for the season out because they've got such great racecraft at that team, and uh, um, I. I really don't see anybody that I'd pick above the uh, the uh, Ferrari again for GTA Daytona.
0: Cool. Um, all right. So that is the the update from uh, from IMSA. Uh, Stephen Colsmith, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Steve. And we will have you back, I'm sure, uh, as you're available. And, uh, yeah, that's it. We're going to move on, talk a little bit about uh, Autorama and some other some other stuff that's happened over the last couple of weeks. All right.
1: That- Anytime, guys. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. All right. Bye-bye.
0: All right, so uh, we're getting out of motorsports now. We're going to talk. about whoa, 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 whoa. About Wait, uh, wait, Autorama Formula
2: One though. Wait, there's still there's more motorsport. Nobody there's the, there's the Formula that's number one. It's Formula One.
3: You yeah. mean Formula E? Are Nobody. they
2: doing that again this year? Nobody yeah. cares. Yeah, no. Okay, so there was some excitement in Formula One. All the preseason oh, testing yeah. is done. Yeah. And the first Grand Prix of the year is coming up this coming weekend.
0: Yep, I'll be watching it.
2: And uh, well, morning. I'll be watching it, and it's in Australia. Oh, it's the Melbourne Melbourne, Melbourne? Uh, race. Mm-hmm. Melbourne. Melbourne. Yeah. Melbourne. But uh, the, the interesting thing about Formula One, the thing to really pay attention to this year, is going to be a potentially strong midfield, as strong as we've seen in decades. Wow!
0: So the guys, what you're saying is one of the cool things to watch this year will be, there'll be some different people finishing like fifth through tenth.
2: Actually, I think Formula One. This might be the best year to watch Formula One on the radio because those god awful halos are now on every car for every oh, Grand I think Prix. They look cool, they look like a Wh- Wouldn't
0: it be listened to?
2: What did I say? Watch yes. the, on the radio. Yeah, watch well, radio. watch,
0: watch uh, with your ears. So hold on, the are of the But mind. just to be clear, what you're what you're saying is. Uh, there'll be some exciting battles for fifth and sixth.
2: What I'm saying is yes, that instead of
0: well, I, just you know what, instead I, I of actually, just the lead, let me, let me take I take everything back uh, that I've said about Formula One being dumb and boring. Uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, that is riveting stuff. Well, and I do go on in great detail.
2: I'm going to, uh, and uh, the detail is getting greater now. There, here's here's what's great about a very robust mid pack is that. That gives more opportunity for the strongest of the mid pack to start creeping into the front, so we could have potentially four, five, maybe even more teams that are potential race winners. Maybe even six. McLaren is (laughs) McLaren is very hungry to have better results now that they have Renault power. They've dropped. Wait, hold on.
0: Uh, McLaren is they're trying to get better results in the races. That's correct. Yeah, they're like finishing the races. Ah, so they're what they're what you're saying is they'd prefer to do better. Ideally speaking, I think they Moving prefer. I think they prefer
2: about the same as everybody to win the race. Everybody uh-huh. wants to win the race, uh-huh. but they are in better condition to do so than they have been in the past so, few years. How many At races, least they how think, many races do you think
0: They'll win this year. Uh,
2: I think they're going to win all of everyone's hearts. So the race to your heart will be won by McLaren, but the
4: first to cross the checkered way is not something I'm going to speculate on. <sighs> on. On a on a Related but slightly more serious note: uh-huh. it, it sounds like now that they are not dealing with Honda or Honda's not dealing with McLaren, there's a little bit they broke better communication. There were there was well, some there was some cultural or Renault, communication barriers. Between. Renault
0: it has a has a stronger baseline yeah, for like power when, than when, Honda does. However, like when Honda uh, was with McLaren before, and there were all those cultural differences, and they were winning all <laughs> those championships. Well, but here's the here's what's really fascinating.
2: As I kind of sort of predicted, Honda. Has a much better relationship with Toro Rosso, and so far, everyone's pretty impressed with what Honda's pulled off in terms of power and reliability. Mm-hmm. And but that's through the lens of Toro Rosso, which is going to be at best a team.
0: Can't we just get these guys like an LS seven, like a real, like a regular normal motor? Formula Libre,
2: man. Well, that's <laughs> the you know you understand that the worst Formula One engine makes a big chunk more power than an LS seven.
3: Oh, and I don't race-cram. know about that. Yeah, that's that's yeah. not true. They could, yeah. Yeah, I they, guarantee they cool, you, but
0: yeah. if you hand those guys an LS seven, they'll be making uh however much horsepower. Oh,
2: if you let you them wanna, yeah. if you let them modify it Can, for we racing, just do but that? Yeah. I thought we were talking about no, an uh, LS seven no. as it is available. No, that, yeah. that's not what I'm That kind of changes things a little bit,
0: but can't we just do that?
2: Yeah, I'll I'll make a phone call. Okay. All right. But anyway, Formula One is coming this weekend. The preseason is almost over, and it is this weekend in Australia at Say It Wesley. Mailbone, Thank you. Yeah. And where is, and uh, there's potential for a lot of good. Where do you think Alonzo's is going to fall? I think, I think he'll be in the points. First, uh, first really? race. It's top 10. Top 10.
0: Huh. Wow. Fascinating. Uh, it, and as always, can uh,
2: someone pick Rory off from his seat. And he just fell enough, out of it yeah. in awe.
0: As, As always, I will be watching the Formula One race this weekend. Uh, I don't know why I do that to myself, but I feel like you. At this point, you hate watch. I no, no. You're (sighs) just you're such a big Lewis Hamilton fan that you watch him win. Or hate watch watch is too strong. Maybe apathy watch well I think I think actually the biggest part of it is I watch the races so that I can come in and needle you and Jimmy uh on what <laughs> I, I think that that's primarily my interest In well I have to point. say you're you're a good study in that sense yeah I yep it's worth it to me <laughs> to, to walk <laughs> in and, and be like did you see that did you see
2: that crap for everyone uh, because this is a podcast everyone should know I have some very beautiful veins in my forehead
0: yep. yeah yeah <laughs> We're back in, in the studio now. Graham, Wesley, Jake, me, Rory. Uh, we're going to talk about um, a couple car shows that happened recently. Um, one here in Detroit and one down in sunny Florida. Where do you want to start? Wesley, you want to talk about Autorama? The Detroit Autorama. Or as it's known by those on the scene, the Autorama.
3: Autorama, yep. Yeah. Um, Tell me about it. One of the, well, if you're not familiar with the Autorama, it's one of the most prestigious or home to one of the most prestigious awards in the whole custom car world. Yep. The Don Riddler Memorial Award. Sure. Heard of it. Um, real quick, here's a little history on the Autorama. It started in 53 uh, in fabulous uh, Detroit mm-hmm. hmm. on Six Mile Illinois at one of the Detroit University buildings. Um, started in 53. There was about 40 cars then. Uh-huh. Uh, hot 40 cars. Forty cars at the show. Forty man. cars at the show. Yeah. A couple more this Millions year. Billions <laughs> of cars in existence. Yeah. Two to two to three more this year, and then it moved to the state fairgrounds at the Coliseum. Oh yeah, for it was there for uh, eight eight or so years. Uh huh.
0: Before Didn't it, Magic Johnson and a bunch of people buy that recently, and they're gonna do something. Yeah, with it's under development, but
3: anyway, great yeah. great property. It seems it seems great. Yeah, it needs to be revitalized. It is. Yeah, it's they, But they
5: have some basketball courts over there. Yeah, I think the, did, yeah. they did put some money into it to get back to Autorama. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah Autorama.
3: So was at the it was at the this place. Yep, and yep. then it moved to Cobo Center, Cobo Center or Cobo Hall, whatever it's called. Yep. this week
5: when it moved there, it was called Cobo Hall. Now it's called Cobo Center.
3: Correct. Yep. And along the way, a show promoter, the Michigan Hot Rod Association, the MHRa, not to confuse with the NHRA. Yep, got a show promoter named Don Riddler, and he made it what it is today. Yeah, he yeah. made it grow. Got national. Uh, nationally known builders to come show their cars, made a made a prize worth worth. Some,
0: who are some names? Who are the early days
3: of the show? Who, uh, who are we attracting here? Got some Daryl Starbirds.
0: Oh yeah. I've been to his museum. It was uh it was incredible. It seems incredible, yeah. yeah. Um Ed Roth. Ed Roth, heard of him?
3: Yeah. Uh, local heroes, that? the Alexander Brothers. Yep. Not that far of a drive. Um a bunch every known builder yeah. from the nineteen sixties to today has shown a car in Detroit. Cool. Anyway, he passed in nineteen sixty three. Mm-hmm. In and, and 1964 was the first time the Don Earle Memorial Award was given away. Makes sense. To, to a Bantam coupe, it was to competition car. Anyway, so it's 2018 now. So that's uh. So what, here we for, are. Forty some odd years. Yep. Flash for, forward. Forty-four years, and this year the winner of the Don Earle Memorial Award, a
4: 1957 Chevy. Uh huh. But not, that not a 1957 car. Chevy that you're thinking of. It's not. No, not it's your it's typical. Not the one Belair. that currency yeah. has. No,
3: not the really cool one that currency has. Yeah slightly different one maybe not quite as cool as the one currency has
0: yeah the the story you told me was that it was a 150
3: it so okay for the listeners that haven't seen the car it's a 1957 chevrolet 150 yep. which is the cheapest car you could buy from chevy at the time at the time yep yep. it was like the car that the traveling salesman or the uh fleet service company would buy yep. to have or car. the uh the hot rider or the drag racer that yeah, has drag racer yeah that wants. A car or NASCAR dri- driver wants just a bare bones car. Yep. As close to body and white as you can get. Yep. Hmm. Um, it's a two-door post. And the car, if you've seen pictures of it, we'll send a link. Uh, it is now a two-door sports coupe. Uh-huh.
0: Which is, you could also buy that. You also could buy that car, yeah. Yep. So they took the 150 and converted it into the coupe. Yep. Yep. Uh, Which seems like a good idea. Yeah. And so we, we were talking a little bit earlier, but the... Uh, the trend i guess to be a riddler car has for the last 10 15 years is that right been this ultra smooth uh engine under an engine cover no seams anywhere um kind of uh really really streamlined uh
3: super streamlined yeah Yeah. no
0: hardware visible no if there if there are fasteners visible,
3: yeah. They're all chrome fasteners with some sort of special engraving and they're all clocked the exact same way.
4: And, yeah. and I think to people who don't know what uh, criteria the Riddler Award is given out to, they see it as cars that are maybe overworked and over refined just for the sake of being over refined, if that makes sense. Like you see this car and you're like, Well again, why did they start with uh, why did they start with the body style that was uh, and then turn it into something that was offered stock in yeah, the factory. Yeah. like why did they smooth everything out why did yeah. they like, like what's going on here so i think that's just because people don't understand what these awards are judged on so maybe you can yeah get into um, that a
3: little bit so the reason they started with 150 is because they could alter the top to make it a hard top uh-huh. which is extra points yep the cars are judged not by aesthetics or by material choice or even just by friendship it's just a total overall points how many points you can accumulate from a scorecard yeah no.
5: Okay. So what are you gonna get
3: points for? Are you gonna tell us that? Of modifications, modification, and fit and finish, and also your display. Yep. So, and that
5: was tendency t- t- your tasteful anywhere in there.
4: No, no, no. Okay. T- taste is so moot. the more modified <clears throat> the car is objectively, like the Here. further away it is from its source material, the more points you can potentially earn.
0: But I think the mm. the you know I think again we were talking earlier, but I, I think you were saying that the the reason it's that way is because. Uh, they they had a, a they wanted to eliminate the idea that oh you're just front of the judges or uh you know you you paid your way to your get way to the, in or whatever which is kind of technically how it really is yeah anyway but. Right. but the idea is that this is an objective criteria an objective standard for to judge the cars, the cars. Yeah.
3: yeah it removes some of the judge bias and like Jake and I were talking about earlier today all these cars are. Technically operable. Yeah. Even though they will probably never actually run.
5: Yeah. That's what I was wondering about. I read, uh, was it the Chevy with the thousand-some horsepower engine? Or was it for. Yeah. Okay. So I was thinking, that's all well and good, but has anyone ever hammered on it? And then you made a joke about the power hammer thing. But I'm saying, if you're putting. Right. If you're putting. uh, It just. Hey, it sticks in my craw that there's a thousand horsepower engine sitting there that's probably never going to see 20
0: miles an oh, hour. Well, you'll probably be able to buy it for 50 grand in a couple yeah, of years. Definitely yeah, definitely can. not uh,
5: Then can I just drive it around? Is that yeah? You mm-hmm. really want, sure.
0: Yeah. It's probably a bad idea.
3: Is but, it yeah. legal to drive these oh,
5: things? Around? Yeah, yeah it's 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 fine. turn signals. I mean, yeah. it's got no mirrors.
3: You don't need mirrors. No, it's, it's probably
0: got a camera. <laughs> you just don't need mirrors. Uh, so the thing, the uh, the thing, and I think you know, especially at this Riddler car level, um, it's it's almost. To me, it seems like kind of a language that you're speaking like you're you have to be you know, you're, you're being in, in large part judged uh, on your ability to interpret and kind of speak this secret code of modifications. Yeah, um,
3: and it, interpret the scorecard and know all the slang and the loopholes in which the scorecard
0: can be manipulated. Yeah. yeah, so it's it's one of those things that like, you know, these cars in, in really from like a layman's perspective, which I would consider myself a layman. Um, they are impressive, and you can you can stare at them all day and and just notice all these incredible um, details that the builders uh, sweated super hard to get to the point of building this half million dollar custom car.
5: That's what I was going to ask: is is a half million? Is that like a round number that people kind of shoot around? I mean, is that where we're looking at?
3: I mean, that's probably a good starting a good starting point, or it's average a good point to reach to be a real
4: competitive car it's okay. tough to say though because a lot of the people who make these cars are builders <laughs> they're own shops. yeah, yeah. their they're own shops they're trying to make a name for themselves or prove what they can do mm. and or free stuff from sponsors yeah or yeah, yeah. They're, they're getting you know plating by such and such company paint by such and such company mm-hmm. so i mean they are, they are kind of uh you know rolling billboards for what the craftsmen can do yeah and yeah i mean one of the things i notice is every time we post pictures of of the riddler contenders or you know when they get posted on other sites people go oh that's it's not how i would you know what what are they doing that it's not how i would do it it's like well first of all it's a custom car yeah. it's it's to one person or one group's vision and taste hmm. but also yeah once you do understand what they're going for yeah and you know maybe why they made some of the decisions that they're doing yeah. and like this is pushing you know the rules kind of force you to push customization as far as you possibly can yeah you're able to at least appreciate the craftsmanship, and you know, even if the aesthetic is not your taste.
5: Yeah, yeah exactly. I think that's it. I think, and anyone who see any car person who sees these will be able to appreciate. You know, they appreciate the effort that went into it. But I would say, less than half of those people will be like, "That's the way I would have done it."
0: I mean, no, that's, that's the whole idea yeah, of a custom car is <laughs> that you you want it to be individualized. But I, I think too, you know, to, to my earlier point about this kind of like lexicon or this um this code. I think like you're talking about it's one of those things that's like such a specific set of principles or set of people who like appreciate this stuff that like they're really speaking an entirely different language than you. And like you have to probably be in that world and be very, very knowledgeable before this stuff starts to make sense. And I think there's a lot of things like that outside of cars and car culture where, you know, fashion, I think being one of them are like uh, modern art fashion or modern art or whatever, or even, you know, avant-garde jazz or whatever, where it's like it's not for casuals, right? Right, right. The, yeah. the
5: high fashion, exactly. Right. Like, you see the, the Normies, high fashion Normies stuff. Normies don't get it. Normies yeah. don't it. And, and you say, yeah. like, w- what is, what is right. that? What the fuck is that? But right. the
3: minute you get into that world, you start to appreciate the craftsmanship of a Riddler car, even if you don't like the aesthetic.
0: Yeah, but I'm saying, like, you can you can appreciate it on the base level of, like, okay, that must have been really hard to do. But I think, like, to, to really understand and appreciate it, like, fully... It requires a level of of expertise or a level of knowledge. Is that yeah fair? I think yeah.
5: even above and beyond the car, guy who enjoys customizing his own car. I mean, yeah, yeah. The, the average. This show is a just, whole different. volume. Yeah, whole it's, different. Ball ten game. steps yeah. above,
0: and it's it's interpreting trends. It's and it's being interpreting modern car styling trends. Interpreting yeah, slightly ahead of trends. Yeah, yeah, um, and it's yeah, it's an incredible you know creative exercise. I think, um, but. The trend's starting to shift, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, so you, you were telling about, me yeah. um, yesterday about a car that struck you. So so there's, and to be, to be uh, just a little bit more background on Autorama, so there's, like, first floor, which is where, uh, the main floor is where you're going to see, like, the Riddler Award winners, um, a bunch of very highly finished, um, very, uh, very... Uh, Flashy, I guess, custom yeah. cars. And then the basement floor, which we'll get to in a minute, is more of what in today's, uh, you know, in the parlance of our times, <laughs> would be called the uh, the uh, traditional hot
3: rods. Uh, traditional hot rods and custom cars yeah, and projects and stuff.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, so tell us about this this car you were saying that, that looks like the beginning of a new trend to you. Uh,
3: there was, in the grade eight, Area the Riddler competition area a nineteen sixty three and a half Ford Galaxy, mm-hmm. which best, looked best looking car American car I think or, uh, uh, modern American car yeah uh, one of my favorites yeah. too um, it looked like believe it or not a sixty three and a half Galaxy uh huh messed mm. up. yeah it wasn't sectioned it wasn't slightly chopped it just looked like it was a stock bodied. Sixty-three and a half Galaxy with a relatively stock interior.
5: And what do you have? Don't you have a Ford something or other? I
3: have a bunch of Fords. Yeah, yeah. I have a little a fi- older. Fi- Fifty-nine Ford Galaxy, different okay. different animal. Okay. And fifty-four Ford. Anyway, um, what I loved about the sixty-three and a half Ford Galaxy was that it was, it looked like a car. There wasn't an engine cover covering its four hundred ninety-six cubic inch FE, um, with six throttle bodies on a Edelbrock six-two intake.
0: Yeah. So wait, it was a
3: fuel injected. A fuel injected FE, but it used an Edelbrock. Six carburetor intake manifold.
4: So the thing is, it it you could tell that it had been completely reworked and reimagined from from nose to tail. Yeah, oh, right? it was heavily. But it reworked, still yeah. had it still had some real texture to it. You know, like uh, the engine bay, like you were saying, you could see the throttle bodies. They they didn't make any attempt to tuck them under a cover. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could
3: you could see the inner fenders. You could see the ribs on the firewall.
4: Right, like it, it still looked. You know, it, again, the the a comparison might be kind of obvious, but it's it's a little bit like what Singer does. Yeah. You know, it, oh, absolutely. They take yeah. a car and they reimagine it completely from the ground up, but it still looks like its source material. It's not an attempt to like customize away from it in yeah. ways that you wouldn't necessarily mm-hmm. need. And yeah, it, again, I, I love how the engine bay had texture. I love how the interior was not just uh, you know completely smooth panels on the side. It, it looked like what Ford could have made as a stock interior, so almost uh, like or, or what better
3: or what okay. someone would have made in 1964-65 or 65 if they had a um, year year old car yeah. and were like let's throw some money at it.
0: It, yeah, almost in like a, you know, probably overused, but almost like a Singer approach where it's like, this is what the unlimited version, you know, if you could sell a yeah. uh, 1991 911 for a half million dollars, this is probably <laughs> right. this this is
3: it where it you'd be. Like. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it more captured the essence of what like normal people were doing with their cars in yeah. that era.
4: But it, it was obviously done to.
3: Super high level. Yeah, Yeah,
4: it wasn't. It wasn't. It was like what the guy who was doing this in his garage back then would have done if he had access to
3: unlimited tools, money.
4: But (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it's it's the kind of thing where if you look at it, anybody can see it. And even if you don't know what they did to it, you can tell something's been changed. But it doesn't look like it's been radically. reshaped from the ground. Up, I mean, it's so.
5: super easy. If you have the tools, money, and skill, you can do it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and uh, time. Yeah. And but
0: it, lots of time. And it sounds like this... Tools, money, skill, and time. That's all you need. This, you know, like I said, if, if this is truly the beginning of a trend, um, you know, that's obviously kind of a creative execution or like a reimagining of of what's been the trend for the last, like I said, 10 to 15 years of, of hot routing or of like... High level custom yeah. car, yeah, but, and that's yeah. that's the thing though. Like, it takes a decade to build a Riddler car,
3: right? So if people are just now hopping on the trend of the traditional, nostalgic styled car, yeah, they're just now getting into the creeping into the whole Riddler parlance and getting into that whole movement. Yeah. So we're
5: that's not, not going to see a full gallery, a full grade eight of Riddlers of this for another seven or eight years,
3: if even ever. If but ever. yeah, that would be the plan. Um, but we saw uh, you didn't go, but I know Graham did. Um, a bunch of more traditional style custom cars on the main. Sure. Car. Yeah. Uh, a bunch of historic pieces just floating about. Yeah. In in the sea of Cristo mods and.
0: Protouring cars. So tell me tell me what else was there? Anything else interesting that you know you feel like is worthy of the mention here? Um, I know you were saying something about a Cadillac.
3: Yeah. Um, there was a '47 Cadillac four door. Uh huh on the main floor okay. and, the, and the riddler contention Okay,
0: moving on and no just,
3: no, no uh, uh it was uh, it was a heavily heavily modified car it was a museum car uh-huh. uh still v12 catalog powered cool. um coupe doors which means you have to cut a lot of the body panel away sure. the quarters which are now quarters and instead of doors uh-huh. so the whole body's been reshaped hmm. um the top is now a hard top a fixed hard top convertible kind of like a carson top but it's fixed it's so N- a fake, convertible. Fake, fake convert a fake yeah. removable hard top yeah that top yeah basically kind of like a land out top but see a lot of added. those around town
0: um and we and to be clear you know obviously this is an audio medium so we're not going to get too deep but we will be posting these images yeah yeah yeah, on the uh, on the website you can also still find them on autoweek. dot com autoweek. dot com slash car life slash is it a forward
4: slash
3: or, we'll, or we'll put it in the podcast it might be a backslash. yeah okay you don't want to use the wrong slash yeah. If you anyway look, if you
5: look for autorama at an auto week yeah,
3: punch, punch it in a google. google yeah um but more importantly than the cars, I feel is the amount of people that were present. Yeah, there were so many
4: people. It was from you know eleven o'clock to when the doors Friday. Opened, yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, people were lined up. It was. It was really good to see. So yeah, there's definitely you know
0: energy around. Yeah. it. And yeah,
4: yeah. Which is you know a couple years it's been you know hit or miss. Sometimes you know I don't know car shows probably go through cycles. Yeah. but this year it seemed like a good lineup of cars and people responded to it. So. And there was a
0: waiting list to get mm-hmm. your car into to show the show. The yeah, yeah. yeah, I heard that. Highly recommend the uh, the custom car shows, um, but to move on to a kind of a, I guess a different end, a different on the spectrum of yeah yeah on the spectrum of uh, car shows yeah but also weirdly related. Uh, Graham was recently,
4: yeah at the uh, Amelia Island Concours d'Allegance, Amelia Island, Florida.
0: So this this will be appearing in our uh, TV show pilot, uh, Concours Boys. Mm-hmm. Um, Concord Boy. If you've seen um, it's that restaurant rescue, bar thing? rescue, yeah. yeah, with John yeah. Tapper, it's like that. Except we go to Concourse primarily. Graham
4: kick down the doors on these struggling Concord events and uh, <laughs> turn
3: it around.
0: If you're a Patreon Gold subscriber, you've heard. Yeah, you, you've heard the pilot. You've probably this. heard yeah. the the audio pilot um, uh, at the Patreon Gold level. But $900 a month uh, to be considered a Gold Gold uh, contributor, um, you'll get stuff like Concord Boys. You'll get stuff like. The other stuff. Fastener Boys. Fastener Boys. You get stuff. Garage beer reviews. Garage beer reviews. Uh, great. The premium content. A beer in the life. Yeah. And really, like, content that is much better than this, to be honest. You know, like, th- this is it's a... Just
4: a little taste. A, it's a little, little, yeah. Well, it's it, I feel it's like, free. Yeah, it's I think, free.
5: I think the best part of the uh, the, the Patreon gold gold package yeah. is that the personalized birthday message every year. That's, yeah. that's a really nice thing. Yeah. Well, oh,
3: and
0: probably. the guests. Yeah. Yeah, Johnny Depp was just on one. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. James Dean. Anyway, so Concord Boys, uh, this will be an an early episode. We had some great suggestions. I think Bill Warner is probably the best of the best, maybe the best Concord organizer in the world. Yeah,
4: I mean this. This is the 23rd, Amelia. Yeah, and it's basically you know he is the show. Like he pulls the whole thing together. Yeah, his uh, knowledge and ability to uh, just talk. Off the cuff about basically anything, yeah. car or motorsport related, is uh, incredible. So
0: the the tension in this episode between him and Graham, yeah. when Graham starts telling him what to do, super intense.
4: Palpable, so, yeah. palpable. Yeah. yeah, Graham, you suggested the Ed Roth cars, didn't you? Yeah, no, that was uh, I think that was Ken Gross actually. Oh, okay. No, it. So this this show, um, you know. Again, you think about a Concours, if you haven't been, as this like super snobby, you know, inaccessible event. But the the good ones, I mean, the, the top level ones, they've really done a great job of like broadening the field so that there's just a ton of interesting stuff and unexpected stuff that you Is this see the, anywhere you didn't even yeah. know existed. Is this the second biggest to Pebble Beach, would you say? Yeah. In the US, I'd say this yep. has grown into like the...
0: I mean, it's really like one of the... There was a time, I mean, we were talking about this a little while ago, but like... In like the mid aughts or I guess like late late aughts, there was like a, um, a there were a million concours yeah. coming out. You know, Barrington, Illinois had a Concord uh, There were concours in every kind of semi-ritzy community in the United States. Mm. They've they've kind of tailed back down. Yeah. Um, and this is.
4: Meanwhile, this one's just grown. Only and grown. Yeah. And uh, so th- there was. There's a ton of ancillary events. There's uh, you know like uh, cars and coffee on Saturday. There's uh, they have a uh, motorsports themed event they had a big Porsche show I didn't get to see any of that this year because uh, they moved the uh, moved everything to Saturday the Sunday Concord to Saturday because of threat of rain which never materialized but um, yeah I mean just so the 305 vehicles uh, Emerson Fittipaldi was honored as uh, mm. you know like the that's awesome yeah a new Kia spokesman Emerson yeah. Fittipaldi yeah.
3: yeah did he drive a stinger
4: no he drove his uh McLaren M23 arguably uh, F1 cool. car well, I, don't, I don't know yeah. the stinger of its <laughs> era yeah, yeah they, uh,
3: they called it the stinger of the of the day right? car, yeah, yeah.
4: the same car that was driven by uh, Jochen Moss and James Hunt so it was like wow but they're just driving across the Concorde field in the morning uh, and then they had like his uh, Lotus 72 5 the John Player special car yeah mm. Whoa. love it Not they had they had his uh, uh, Renault That's such a good livery yeah, yeah. They, they had go. his like little Renault Gordini, uh, little boxy mm-hmm. yellow car that he won the first car he won. His yeah. first career victory was one. So you know that was just in the Emerson Fittipaldi section. It wasn't just all the car. It, it's the cars you'd expect to be there, but then there's always a little bit extra. Um, the Ed Roth stuff. Yeah. So you know Autorama and Amelia Island, not so different after all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. They it had was uh, the best of times. It was the <laughs> best of of times. Boys. There, They're just like us. They had eight Ed Roth cars there. So they had his uh you know ford pinstripe pickup but they also had orbitron uh the pandit, surfite K- yeah and uh next to it they had a uh, you know a little case with all the the old model kits on display of the cars mm-hmm. so it was kind of wild to you know you're at a concor, there's auburns and Duesenberg's yeah, and I mean, the you
0: have a blue blazer khakis on
4: blue suit Ooh, i went suit i wasn't acting in my official Concorde boy right. capacity okay. this time so yeah. i didn't didn't have to wear the khakis and so the still people the still
0: doing uh, the like bright colored pants there
4: That's more of a Pebble quail beach. and motorsports gathering/pebble beach okay. type thing So you're not um, seeing
0: that down in Florida
4: No, it's it's a little bit a little bit more restrained Okay. Uh, what's
0: what's the sock
4: situation? I think it's after like. Memorial Day that really
0: Oh yeah, statement socks? Any statement socks?
4: I did the statement no socks myself. That's disgusting. Mm-hmm. Statement ankles. <laughs> let let
0: breathe. them
4: breathe. Yeah. No, they have they have the little breathe, socks you can't see that You did
0: Oh yeah. This, the foot bra thing? Foot just, bra. Maybe I did. Maybe I, I think didn't. I actually. They're dancing uh, shoes. I've heard them called uh, foot uh, foot panties. I recommend it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, foot bras. Anyway, socks don't need
4: socks.
0: <laughs> yeah. A uh, friend of the, uh, sponsor of the show. Obviously, this is probably a great segue to bring up um, our sponsorship by uh, foot bra. Foot bra. Brought to you by
4: foot bra. Okay, moving on. Anyway, the show itself. Yeah, I mean it's it's it is your typical cars on a grassy you mm-hmm. know golf yeah. course type thing.
0: But they start the cars right.
4: Yeah, as many as they can. Yeah. I mean that that's the thing. Uh, Again, they, they kinda of kick things off by having this McLaren go across the field. And then yeah. they had, you know, Martini Porsche's going up past the judging state. It, it's as mu it's not good, Wood. You you don't get to really see the cars in action, which yeah. is a little bit of a shame. But uh Is this a Dawn Patrol sort of thing? Like
5: this in the dusk of the morning that you um or the dawn of... you know, no, the I mean, dawn, it
4: or a... at 9 o'clock or whatever. Okay, yeah. so, so you were there. You I, had to get I, up I, at 4 in the morning. The I did.
0: People have to be there I did at 3 in the
4: morning. I got up early because I got to cruise in in the back of a Packard, which was nice. thanks to uh, Dan Badger and America's Packard Museum uh, for What's that. Up, Dan? But uh But, no, I mean, it, it's... Um, the fact that they have such a variety from the, like, pre-war boats... Oh, they had early electric cars, some really wacky, like, carriages on like a detroit electric wheels. or something or? yeah but then they had like wacker electric from chicago oh, stuff yeah, you wacker, never even yeah. heard of. no yeah i've heard of that for sure
0: yeah <laughs> the tesla <of> its day. <laughs> yeah
4: yeah uh <coughs> they did manage to pull out the uh 68 shelby uh lone star mm-hmm. originally was a cobra 3 so it was this uh gt40 based uh mid-engine Kind of really curvy, uh, yeah. saw the red, of that obviously thing. looks great. Yeah, just it. We did it. We put it on the cover of Auto Week in like 1967. Uh-huh. That said, like, oh, this thing's coming. He wants to build them. Uh, there's the safety legislation that's about to go into effect, and they're trying to get a carve out for small manufacturers. We didn't get the carve out, so they never built the car. Kind of faded into obscurity, Funny. and uh, it underwent this decade long restoration, and it made its basically first public debut ever. At Amelia. And so, they built, like, one. One. one, one, one. belt, yeah. And, uh, you know, just, you turn around, you're like, what is that thing? You don't even know what it is. You find out it's the Shelby card that's been basically out of the public eye for half a century. Yeah, and, I'd never heard of it prior to and, that. Did they say what happened to it? Not, like, the whacker. Uh Well, it actually, the the last record I could find of it, I'm sure... It'll all come out now that the car's made yeah. its debut. But it was actually advertised in an Auto Week classified for fifteen grand back oh, in back in like sixty seven, sixty eight, which is like a hundred grand in today's it's money. It's steep, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it's, the car's worth pick a number now. The, the chassis, it's a GT forty chassis, so that's probably worth well, at least you know, hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, I'd pay yeah. fifty bucks for it. Yeah, yeah. at the well, pick and pull, yeah. yeah.
0: Scrap's going up, so it's yeah. Worth, yeah. worth. Yeah, no, right. A couple of probably twenty two hundred pounds, twenty three hundred pounds, something like and
4: that. And another weird thing that was kind of polarizing but i think really cool they had a you know ferrari daytona class mm-hmm. and there was this one it was this it's a 72 i guess i don't really know if it has a name just a 72 daytona but it's kind of like a shooting brake wagon thing with like gullwing doors yeah so picture like the the ferrari uh what bread van or whatever that, yeah. that came back uh
0: i mean i think the one that it reminds me the most of
4: is the lotus europa
0: the Intermechanica Morena GT
4: sure um, it, it reminds me a lot
0: speaking of cars they made five of or whatever
4: <laughs> of the, of well,
0: the E-Type
3: Hearst from Harold and Maude
4: they only made one of these designed by uh, Luigi Chinetti and freelance automotive designer Gene Garfinkel who I, I don't really I'll have hmm. to look no
0: you. no yeah Gene Garfinkel that's a big name back in the freelance days of automotive sure. designing yeah
4: but what it is is it's this was he the uh, customer
0: was he the guy who ordered it
4: no it was designed I think it was for Chinetti Oh, okay. Uh but it it was uh basically, you know, there's pictures at autoweek.com. It's a wagon. But it's 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 a shooting brake and the the back of it, it's kind of like got a cam back and it's just a sheet of glass and that doesn't open. The only way to get into the back compartment is it's got these two uh kind of like gullwing glass uh curved glass or plexi uh doors and yeah. you get into it from the side. And it, it's kind Wait, of... are those the door doors? Yeah, that's how... Well... That's how you get into the driver's That's how seat? you get into the, the back. Oh, okay. It's got... Dry, it's basically the same... Yeah, up front. From the, okay. Yeah, up front.
3: Right. Uh, so but, that glass panel's not a hatch? No,
4: no. It's... Uh, so
3: what's back there? What's in the
4: trunk there? It's just an empty trunk. You can toss... Whatever you whatever want. Whatever you want. Anything. Sleeping bag? Your dog? Pizzas? groceries. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's like... I didn't know this thing existed. Casket? Do you think you put a casket back there? Mm-hmm. Small no, casket, child's little, casket, whatever people yeah. with Ferrari
5: Daytona used to carry around. Yeah. That's what it was.
4: Yeah, it's it's a practical Ferrari Daytona yeah. at last. But the thing is, it's like it's kind of ungainly. You walk around it a couple times, and you're like, "This is weird." Then you look at it again, and you're like, "This is kind of cool." I had no idea this thing existed, especially when there's a. I mean, if you've seen one Ferrari Daytona, I think we know we've seen them all. Yeah, right. Uh, it's different, and that that's the kind of stuff you. I mean. Unless a car like that goes up for auction, uh-huh. the only chance you're ever going to have to see it is at a show like this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, not
0: crazy about the Daytona. and I really have been. I know a lot of people love it, but the money they go for. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's driving
4: a, up it's uh, a beloved car. It's the problem with the 400, which I really like. Is yeah. they they know they can charge a Daytona engine rebuild price on them. Yeah. So it's like thirty grand to get the engine rebuilt. Yeah. For <laughs> a car that's worth Maybe probably like 000. yeah, it's probably worth like fifty now, but because yeah. of those dang Daytonas. Mm. That's, That's a, Daytona. a real travesty. But, um,
0: uh, so the Concorde was cool. Anything unexpected on uh, the ordinary beyond the car stuff? Uh, I mean, were there classes that you didn't expect?
4: Yeah, I mean... There, there, who, who won? Oh, uh, no who won. a Duesenberg the, and a Ferrari won. A who won the Auto Week Award? Right, so the, the Auto Week Award Which was... Which
0: we learned about very recently. Yeah,
4: was, uh, it was for the most historically significant Car driven by Emerson Fittipaldi. Uh-huh. And Is that went, what? That's
0: not what it is every year. Seems yet. specific, no. but okay. Right, because okay. it was <laughs> weird.
4: Last year, last year it just sat there. There were no. <laughs> right. Were yeah. No I ML mean, cars there. It was so the first time it's ever been award It went to that McLaren, the M23. Okay. So that was. They drove it up and uh, I, I actually handed the award out on what does behalf it like? of. What's look like? What's. You know, weirdly enough, this year it was that McLaren. It was a little metal. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Oddly specific award. All the all the cars, all the awards that went to uh, the Emerson Fittipaldi cars looked like they were little cast uh, McLaren models. That's cool. And the the what I thought was really funny is there were all these uh, there are all these chromed uh, Ratfink trophies. Yeah, award. oh, that's awesome. So that's it's really like cool. all these prestigious awards, including the Auto Week award. Do we say
0: prestigious and or prestigious? Prestigious. I don't know.
4: It depends on how I'm feeling.
0: Prestigious. I, I go prestigious. I think prestigious is an East Coast thing. When anyway, you said prestigious the sorry. first time, I thought, "Is it prestigious?"
4: I used to always say prestigious, and now I say prestigious. It's a Prestigious award.
0: Yeah.
3: Anyway, mm-hmm. go on. I think yeah. I say it ironically.
4: There were a thing. bunch I of so, uh, too. Yeah. bunch of rat finks on the on the trophy table, which I'm trying to figure out what Ed Roth would have thought about that. Probably would have thought it was funny. Uh, Maybe. But I, th- I, th- I think he's got to think he would have loved it. Yeah. yeah. But no, I mean, as far as what I didn't, what I never really expected to to like so much about these shows were seeing cars that I had already seen again, like. Like maybe I saw a car 15 years ago. Yeah. And like I said, when else are you going to get to see it? Right. Unless it goes to auction or to one of these shows. It's in a private mm-hmm. collection. So that's always cool. I did see a 1929 Graham Page. Uh-huh. So my sister's name is Page. And nice. uh,
3: and your name is Graham.
4: Yeah. So I've seen Grahams. I've seen Page work trucks usually. Uh-huh. But this was this rare Graham opera Page. coupe. Yeah. yeah. So
0: that's kind of cool.
4: Yeah. Yeah, and the owners were really friendly, and they were they were like did blown you tell away. Them about it? I did, yeah. and they 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 wanted my picture in front of it. <laughs> <I heard. laughs> so, yeah, we
0: can, we can Photoshop your sister in later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd yeah, be funny. Good. Um, is well, yeah, Amelia wor- is Island it, is one of the best. I, I mean, is it worth going down for? Yeah, for sure. And I think what's cool too, and that's a, we're not going to spend a ton more time on it, but I think I think Warner is a race car guy. He's a, an old racer. Spent a lot of time around race cars. In that world, and so where Pebble Beach can feel a little, little stuffy, a little upper crusty, and you know, there's cool stuff about Pebble Beach too. You still get to see the cars run. Obviously, you get to see a bunch of incredibly rare stuff. This uh Bill Warner show, I think, is a little bit more, a little bit more casual, but also, you know, like I said, you get to hear the cars run. It's much more motorsports focused than Pebble Beach mm. uh, traditionally has been, so I, I recommend it very very highly. Um, and if you're around the eastern seaboard, much easier to get to than Pebble Beach. Yeah, this as opposed to the southeastern seaboard or western seaboard. Are there other seaboards? It's just the you really don't okay hear about right. the western seaboard very much. Yeah, it's a good it's more of an ocean board, I think. Yeah,
3: I don't I don't actually I mean, even really know what a be? seaboard is. Ocean board? Anyway, we'll get the research department on it.
0: Yep. So, uh, we did want to mention one more quick thing before we get to the new car portion um, of the, the podcast the Golden Sahara. Coming to
3: an auction near In me. Minneapolis. Yeah. Oh, yeah, near you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, the Golden Sahara, if you're not familiar with the Golden Sahara, t- tune out now. I'm kidding. No. no uh, Spoil it. Yeah. yeah. It was a car built. First in 1955, second in like 1958, uh, it was one of the most expensive cars in the world, like yeah. bar none. So, off uh, is a Lincoln Capri. 53 Lincoln Capri yep. that George Barris himself personally totaled. Yep. Um, and it was a, basically a brand new car. Yeah. Probably and couldn't it, see over the dash. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: wow. That, no. uh, uh,
3: he's, uh, <laughs> he's, he's a small man. He's, yeah. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Rest well, in peace. Rest in peace. Uh, no, and then you will be missed. <laughs> one of his friends and uh, a man from Dayton, Ohio, who was an avid custom car enthusiast, uh, Jim Street was his more common name. Jim's con- what's the hardest street's name? Easier yeah, yeah, it's easier too. enough. Yeah, Street's easier enough, which is why he was called Jim Street. Um, commissioned the car, and it was a futuristic, super expensive. Yeah, it had remote controls that you could. Uh, not the first version. The okay. first version was a traditional, like a normie car.
4: Bubble a, bubble top though. Yeah, dramatic paint.
3: Uh, the first version was in a 55 Ford windshield and was a $25,000 custom car. It's Motor Train put on its cover is a $25,000 custom car. Yeah, yeah, a lot of money in 1955. Yeah,
0: when a new Cadillac was going for what? Like, like four grand? Three grand,
3: yeah. yeah. It was more than people's homes. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. And nicer than most people's homes. Yeah. Um, and then it was rebuilt as the Golden Sahara 2, which it survived as, uh, mostly in Dayton, Ohio. Uh, Metz did most of the body work. Metz from Shelbyville, mm-hmm. um, Indiana. Was one of the first applications of pearlescent paint, mm-hmm. which Graham informed me that his
4: his namesake. Yeah, actually, the, actually, uh, the Graham Blue Streak from the 30s. They uh, they gave it kind of a metallic, not quite deep pearl paint, by grinding up fish flakes and and incorporating it into the or fish mm-hmm. fish scale yeah. like fish yeah. yeah. flakes.
3: Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, not fish food. No. Flakes, yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: But uh, this pearl
3: was from the Merle Pearl Company, which ah, you, yeah, might, you, pearl. Yeah, sure. you might know from such fashion accessories and cosmetics. Yeah. Um, it was sold to custom, like, to painters as uh, Murano Pearl, uh-huh. um, which where Nissan got the name of their crossover. Really? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, but anyway, anyway, so the car won a bunch of awards. It was in TVs. It was in ads. It had light up tires. Yeah, it you was, can
0: look on uh, YouTube and you can see footage of the car from in TV appearance with Jim
3: Street yep. and uh, a walk around from some... Car Let, show, light up tires though. What, how? It's so
5: weird. That, when you told me yeah. light up tires the first time, I, I did not understand what you were work? saying.
3: Um, I believe it works. There's lights in the wheel and yeah. the and the barrel uh-huh. of the wheel that illuminate that shine light through
4: the tire. It was a special Goodyear Goodyear formulation that, that never that, took off. That uh, that was translucent. Translucent. Yeah. So weird. It had
3: gold tires yeah. that lit up. That's awesome. Um, but obviously now it's, it's a normal. Pedestrian black rubber, and it's been in hiding, which is strange for a car that has so famous, so famous, yeah. and so excessively expensive uh-huh. uh, to have disappeared. Yeah,
4: so so you've you've been interested in this car my entire your life. whole life, yeah, and kind of like how we were talking about people building cars that you know their parents weren't even alive to you know build or yeah. appreciate. This car disappeared decades before you were born, yeah, and you've even before jim street passed away you had been talking about how can i get to see this car
3: yeah i made it my mission last year to go to jim's collection and see the golden sahara
4: why what was it just because it was such a famous car that disappeared but you kind of knew where it was but you kind of you know didn't know basically though i mean what was driving the mystery for you
3: i mean it's a car that should have been in a museum since it was
4: belongs in a museum
3: museum. no it's a car that makes no sense for it to have disappeared like especially with the revival in the 70s and 80s of like old cars and the appreciation for custom cars and whatever and as it's even gotten to this point today where it's like car, like cars at Pebble, cars at Amelia, sure. that are of the era of custom cars. It's like how is this card not surfaced and is it really there? Mm-hmm. Did Dim Street really stash it or is it just crushed? Is it the next copper card? Is it the next Tiago so, Rancho? So
4: if it hadn't disappeared would you be as interested in it? Probably
3: yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm super interested in cars that also haven't disappeared. Uh, like okay. all, all the Roth cars and stuff. Uh, uh, the Alexander Brothers cars that survived. Um, which some are being restored? Most of them are being restored, but the big ones.
4: So what do you do with the car? Like, you know, it goes to auction. It's going to be in its, well, you know, describe yeah. the state of it now. As it is. Uh, it's
3: a poor state. Uh, it was put away in a poor state and it was preserved in a poor state. But it's a complete but poor state. So you can kind of figure out what, the like, if you're going to restore the car, which is the question that many people will ask when they buy it, like how to restore it, but uh, the paint's yellowed, the interior's shot, all the electrics. Because a car could be driven multiple ways uh, yeah. through hand controls, a steering wheel, a remote, um, joystick, a joystick.
0: What's the uh, what's the the thing, Graham? The electric instrument that you could oh, drive theremin. Drive theremin, yeah, you could drive it with a theremin. I don't I think maybe. That's a, the Golden Sarah three. Yeah, we should try that.
4: Um, you should buy it, no. buy it, and reinvent it as the Golden Sarah or just
3: restore it as a '53 yeah. Lincoln. <laughs> 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 that would that would be a good own. Uh, that'd be a savage <laughs> own to the world. Of <laughs> cars. Yeah. I wouldn't do that personally, <laughs> but it would be very funny if someone did. But the thing is, I was talking to some people at Meekum and they were they were scared to open the <laughs> trunk lid stock. because they're scared to put power to the car because you don't know what's going to happen with all these crazy electrics. Probably a fire. More than likely a fire. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be an interesting thing. So that will be on sale. Uh that'll be for sale. Yeah, for sale with, with, with the rest of the Jim Street collection which includes Norm Rockwell's Cookie Tea. Uh when? Is, uh early May. I think it's,
4: it's like mid, a week in May. Mid May, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
3: in Indianapolis. Yep, at the Mecum Spring Classic Auction. Yep. Cool cool show. It's a huge. It's a uh, huge auction. I've been to that one before. It's yeah, it's crazy. Um and we'll be there. I talked to Mecum already. And if get you want
0: if you want to win this car, you should bring roughly how
3: much? That's the big question. No, yeah. it's it could go for a million. It could go for two hundred thousand. Yeah,
0: that's because you're buying a crazy restoration project.
3: You're buying a crazy restoration project. The people that r- are super interested in the car, yeah, are people like me that don't have millions of dollars. Are museums? Are like who? Who's the yeah. market for this car? Right. So no one really knows. Like everybody I've talked to close to the auction world and the custom car world are like it could go for half a million. It could go for pick a number. Yeah. Um. Two hundred so, million. Yeah. That's probably not. That's a big number.
0: number. Uh, probably not
3: that much, but it could go for a lot of money
0: or a reasonable amount. Uh, that's really cool. So keep. I think uh, Wesley will probably keep up with that story on the website, um, so there'll be more to learn. Yeah. Uh, there. Um, we did want to cover. You know, real quick, let's do a garage beer review. This is a new segment on the show that I just made up. Uh, well, uh, carryover from the Patreon Gold. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, this is actually this is kind of a taste of. What you get as a gold gold uh, subscriber. So we have here uh, Panther like a Panther, a uh, Porter. Wow, now that's the, a I'm sorry, Panther Like a Panther? That's a I believe a, Porter a run, like a panther. Run the Jewels yes. reference. Yeah, so this is coming courtesy of our friends at Run the Jewels, specifically uh, Shannon Kimball. Don't Panther Like a Lion. Um who's Panther sent this. like a Panther. That's right, Jake. You got it. Um, but brewed uh, by Pipeworks Brewing Company and uh Interborough Spirits and Ales which I believe is in, I think Pipeworks is in Illinois, and Inner is in Brooklyn. We can check on that. Um, the department on it. Yeah, but it's a uh, porter blended with barrel-aged stat. We've all just taken a little sip in the middle of the workday. We don't want to get too tanked to go back to the office, um, but we did We did try this a little. Um, what do we think, folks? definitely looks like coffee. It looks exactly like coffee, which just yep. you know, I poured it into Starbucks cups, which does not help that. No, no. definitely does not help. Uh, as,
3: as an office beer, 10 out of 10. Yeah. It, yeah. it, would, be, <laughs> yeah. it
0: would be deceptive. Um, but really a lot lighter than I expected. Uh, I'm not a stout guy and it's, it's a porter. Yep. So
3: that's okay. But like it looks, to me, looking at it, like, oh, that's yeah, a exactly. really heavy beer. It looks yeah. stout.
5: It looks like a stout
3: beer. Uh, and it's, it's not, really nice. not quite that heavy. It's kind of crisp, not too sweet. It tastes a lot. It's bitter.
4: More bitter than the beers I like.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and, it, and to, you know, our regular garage beer is Miller High Life.
4: See, um, I would, yeah, I would say this is probably... The Champagno beers. Or this, this isn't one I'd reach for in the garage. No. But it is one I could probably drink two bottles of Yeah, pretty easily. Right, and right now. Be, like yeah. this
0: afternoon. Yeah. And we the, we have, like, a bomber size bottle here that we split between the four of us. Um, but, yeah, really a fantastic beer. I think um, something that I would... Oh, okay, look at Pipeworks Brewing Company, brewed and bottled in Chicago, Illinois. That's was right. Oh, nice. Nice. Um, But anyway, uh, and it has a cool run the jewels, super cool label uh, artwork by Jermaine Rogers, Uh, Jermaine Rogers art at Jermaine Rogers art on Instagram. Um, Really good. Yeah, I think. uh, So we'll say this one is a uh, 15 out of 10. Uh, I'd say two bottles up, two bottles up. Yeah.
4: Drinks like a meal it's, it's what I'll drink after my garaging. Yeah. It's kind of a way to appreciate Ooh, nice, my, yeah.
0: A, yeah. a relaxation post garage beer. Yeah. yeah. Um, it seems more
4: like a wind down beer.
1: Yeah.
0: So, you know, a sipping beer, a sipper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think this is something too. Um, like I said, if you are a Patreon, uh, gold level subscriber, you have access to the thousand hours of, uh, of episodes of a garage beer review, um, that we've, previously recorded uh, each one is what three hours three, they're four, about three uh, four hours now admittedly we'll peek behind the
3: curtain on this one yeah, yeah. um sponsored by don't Miller give him High too, Wife. don't give them too much i'm trying try not yeah to. don't give
0: them too it's, much the, the beer segment is sponsored by miller hive so everything's so, skewed slightly and we should say um this is a 7.5 percent alcohol by Ooh, volume that'll get you tanked it's uh, a big one yeah, I mean, it's that's like a, what like a, a normal IPA is a, a normal you know full IPA is about mm. seven point five, so it's not crazy by any stretch, um, but very good beer. Uh, thanks to our friends at Run the Jewels and specifically Shannon Kimball uh, for it, sending this to me in the mail. Isn't Run the Jewels on tour right now? Yeah, that's right. So if you like this beer, you will love seeing Run oh. the Jewels open for Lord uh, right now. They're and doing if, a, a big national stadium tour. I think they're about halfway through. Uh, they'll be in detroit next week the 28th the 28th um, but you can go to run jewels dot com to uh to get more information about that tour if you like this show uh if you like auto week or cars or music music um highly recommend go check that out good times even great times uh you'll have a lot of fun uh lord is puts on a hell of a show uh which i'm excited to see
3: uh Mitski, opening up for him also puts on a hell of a show yeah
0: that's uh that's your your jam right there right M- Mitski's cool yeah yeah anyway so that's the beer review like i said there are literally thousands of hours of that available to patreon subscribers um if you just go to uh patreon.com slash AutoWeek podcast pay your 900 bucks it's 900 bucks a year or a month um i think it's now a month because of 900 a month you won't miss it it's you know Cancel your NPR. uh, And that'll basically cover. I mean, if you'll you drink one less coffee. You don't Uh, get a mug with the Patreon cold. No, we were working on
4: the other stuff.
0: Um, anyway, so Graham, you drove
4: the 2019 Uh Ram 1500 pickup truck. I drove, um, Whoa. Yeah. It's a big deal.
3: Mm -hmm. People Uh, love that truck though.
4: mm. Yeah. And for good reason. Um, so I, I didn't get to sample the whole, whole range. There's 10 million ways you can build one. Mm -hmm. Um, I drove Limiteds, Longhorns, uh, Bighorns, and uh, some Rebels, um, all with the 5.7-liter Hemi V8 carryover engine. Is that um, a real
0: Hemi, is it? Still, oh, it's a real Hemi. Are the
4: heads
3: hemispherical? I think They're, so. The yeah. chambers are kidney being shaped Let's not in the Gen Four Hemi. To uh, so,
4: yeah, okay. So you will be able to get it with um, eventually with. Uh, with what they're calling the e-torque motors, which are kind of like 48-volt mild hybrid uh, V8s and V6s. So the,
0: basically the starter drives the...
4: Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Contributes to the... And uh, it's
4: got some regenerative braking capacity. Um, and they're good for a, a pretty decent boost of power and torque, right? Right. But I didn't drive those, okay, so I'll sorry, foc- right. Just to get that out of the yeah, way, to right. focus on what I did drive. So it it is... third-gen Hemi, excuse me. All-new truck, wheels up, you know, and even the wheels are now... Uh, six lug as opposed to five lug so it's it's That's all better what so more lugs. heavier lug. duty five yeah. percent more lugs
0: yeah uh harder for the wheels
3: it's to be what stolen people too. want
4: yeah it takes mm. a little bit more time well, uh, also
0: harder to sell yeah because yeah, what do you put hmm.
4: them on i uh, so we've we, there's been a trend with pickup trucks and anybody who's followed this there's been a couple trends they've been getting bigger <laughs> right yeah uh they've been getting more and more capable mm. and they've also been getting more luxurious i don't know how else to put it more Definitely. more Car-like while still riding on a you know frame, uh, most of them, yeah. And I think this is probably the first truck that's kind of incorporated all of those trends yeah. into one all-new truck that completely. You said the most fully realized modern, modern truck. truck. So yeah. the the Rams for the since the you know at least since twenty thirteen when they introduced air ride uh, as an option for suspension. Mm-hmm. They've probably been the, the best riding and most car like of the the big pickup trucks, while yep, still yep, especially, unload, especially unloaded. Yeah, and you know I think you've seen everybody you know Chevy, Ford, Toyota, Nissan. They've been adding you know luxurious features, especially at the high trims and creature comforts and tech features, but they've all felt kind of like they're strapped down to what is still a basic work truck.
0: Yeah, you're taking the twenty thousand dollar model and yeah, putting, nice putting the the screen in screen it. leather and Leather.
4: Well, this, this thing, I mean, you can get it if you really want to go nuts. You can get it with a 12-inch touchscreen in oh, the center yeah. of it. You need that. And it's it, insane looking. But it, it doesn't feel out of place, which is the most, you know, none of this stuff feels like, oh, they just shoved a bunch of luxury stuff into a work truck and are charging a premium for it. They're still charging a premium for it. I mean, they're getting more expensive, too. But it feels like it was designed from the start. With that, like almost like they designed the uh, limited, and then you worked know, backwards. Yeah, as opposed to designing the tradesman and working up. And I think that benefits. That certainly benefits all the trims I was in. Uh, the Bighorn with the cloth seats and everything, uh, still felt like a you know still quiet, comfortable, um, easy riding truck that can still tow more than realistically I ever will. Um, hmm. And I think that's that's probably where these trucks are going to go. I mean, we're at the point where a full size truck, you know, six tons of towing. Isn't unreasonable, depending on how you option them. The, uh, yeah the the
5: Super Duties are about to crest one thousand pounds of torque. I mean, the the big one right now is nine twenty five. Sure. Next one that comes out is going to be thousand. But
4: and two. even yeah. in the class down, the full size trucks yeah. keep throwing more and more capability at it. And I mean, is that really? I mean, how much more do we need? You know. Well, uh, that and the size. How much more size right. do we really need? So seeing, they are
3: massive right now.
4: Seeing the focus on you know making it feel like a really button up vehicle i think is a better reflection of how people who are buying them not people who say they want to buy one with a eight foot bed and a manual how the people who actually buy them are using them um, and i think ram is the first one who's totally taken advantage of that again the, the crew cab I wrote an article about this i think before i even drove it if you just look at the paper the specs it's got more rear leg room than oh like anything <laughs> this is like, good. yeah this is like a good story than a than a I think you have to go into like a, a Land Rover autobiography extended wheelbase, or like, or like a, a Bentley Mulsanne mm-hmm. extended, extended wheelbase. wheelbase. Like they're family haulers, and they're also massive trailer haulers. The one thing that is being lost, uh, and Ram isn't even launching with one for the 2019 model, is you can't get an eight foot bed anymore. It's it's two shorter bed styles. So,
3: so this the world of this standard cab eight foot bed like work truck.
4: Yeah, I mean I. I would say sus- they haven't confirmed anything, but they're actually building the 2018s and the 2019s. Uh, so the outgoing model and the all new one mm-hmm. on two separate lines. And I think once they wind down the 2018 model, they'll launch the 2019 regular cab eight foot bed for fleets and stuff. But the fact that they're launching with, um, you know, crew and quad cabs, and especially launching with all these higher end trims and the fact that we're seeing more tech in the cabin and the fact that we're seeing trucks of all things finally launching with this 48 volt mild hybrid that you know German luxury automakers have been talking about for years mm-hmm. we're finally getting it on trucks i think that really says about how pickups are kind of like the universal vehicle in america at least it's, yeah, it's
3: the it's the, it's the new sedan right
4: yeah i mean it's it's for a lot of places i mean people are going nuts for crossovers right but in a lot of parts of the country it's it's the first choice and the only choice because you can now haul two kids and you still have the, the back for all the, the cargo capacity you'd want. You can tow whatever you want.
3: You can want. tow your boat, you can tow your trailer, you can tow yeah. your house you if can you tow need tow to. someone else's boat.
5: It's basically yeah, it's... the perfect vacation mobile. I mean, if you can fit four people comfortably inside, all the gear in the bed and whatever your yeah. boat, your jet skis on the back. I mean, that is.
3: There's a bunch great, of USB but... chargers too. There's yeah. a bunch of stuff.
4: Is yeah. no one using lighter.
5: is no one using these things these trucks for trucky things anymore? Though. Yeah, I mean
4: people uh, buy totally people trucks, yeah, fleets uh, they buy fleet trucks. Yeah, and that, that's why yeah. it, you know it, I think if they if they abandon the, the regular cab eight foot bed fleet mobile, you know I, I get that the market's changing, but that, that would be really telling for me, and I don't think they will. But the fact that they don't see the need to launch with that because yeah. that that's typically what people think of pickup trucks as is a tool for a job. I they mean, still I, I think are, that's
0: probably that's probably what we think of them as, but I think probably like in a lot of places where these things are are the default vehicle. I mean, I think you know to your earlier point, it has replaced the sedan. You can't get a full size American sedan anymore. Or you can't get a V eight rear wheel drive uh, seats four vehicle, uh, but you can not get like a ninety eight thousand dollar Ford f four fifty. Yeah, hell yeah, that's
4: what but the, <laughs> they still are yeah. tools for the for jobs. It's just they're that's doing the job. more jobs. Going
3: to Olive Garden. Yeah.
4: They're doing more jobs, and honestly, they're 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 doing more jobs better than ever before. Yeah. Like it, you'd think something would be lost, and yeah, I I, I think the footprints are getting ridiculous on yeah, some of these. That's I mean, the
0: government's
4: fault. Trust me, I'd love to blame them. That's true. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah they get better EPA incentives or whatever for the yeah, footprint. Yeah, have a big footprint, baby.
4: So they're bigger, and they are getting more expensive, and stuff that you know you can't get a manual with the Rams. You know, even the stripped-out base models—they're uh-huh. all the rotary shifter dial thing. It's kind of like a manual, kind of. Like, yeah.
3: I will say the brakes on the Ram are
4: huge. Yeah, they're getting. Yeah, they have. I think the biggest front Hellcat brakes, brakes yeah. in the class. That's, yeah, you know, and, which
3: is and the smallest wheels in eighteen to accommodate them. That's great.
4: And the thing is, on the test. Okay, so I got to test out all these creature comforts and stuff, and it, that all works better than you know I would have expected it to. But the real, the, the honest thing, like I towed. I don't know, three tons worth in a trailer. Uh-huh. The truck didn't notice it. If it had, that would have been a problem. Notable, yeah. Right, but I barely got to scratch the surface of what they can do, as most buyers probably won't. And we don't know about long term reliability, um, but I think a lot of the stuff that Ram did, like putting air suspension on, that maybe when it first came out, it was like, oh, is this going to be like yeah, a Range Rover? Everybody is it going to break down? they uh, their Audi All Road uh, S- sagging yeah. to uselessness, yeah. 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 Uh, Lincoln Continental. Yeah. I, I think that stuff That's has proved itself. So I mean, It's five years later. So. Yeah, I haven't really heard yeah. it being a, a problem.
3: Did you so. notice uh, any reduced wind noise or road noise from all the trick stuff they have?
4: Yeah, and and so stuff? it's it was already probably the quietest and nicest cabin and nicest ride the previous generation, at least on the more tricked-out ones we've gotten in the fleet. But they've done, it's weird, they have like these uh, frame-mounted uh, active like resonance cancellers for when the V8 goes into four cylinder mode. Mm-hmm. So it like counteracts all the bad harmonics of the four cylinder <laughs> mode to make it quieter was, in cabin.
0: Yeah. Cause I was, you know, a lot of times I was like, that was my big complaint about the last one was that it was like, where are the resonance cancellers? Like, right. This resident. <laughs> yeah.
4: It's like, <laughs> it's you to believe the resonance, resonance on yeah. this freaking thing.
0: Yeah. That, we marked it down. I think it was, you know, it was a, it was a two bottles up five star. No except question. for a except b- for the bottle a half. Yeah. Four it, star it's no, stuff like it down,
4: that yeah. that you didn't, like i've never really heard about people complaining about pickup trucks being too except noisy inside them. except for us because yeah. we're controlling it against our benchmark uh, phantom that we keep in the garage yeah. For, yeah. for those purposes but it's stuff like that that you don't even think to ask that you now learn around pickup trucks well, um, but then i wonder
5: right i mean what you saying is like do i want to pay the extra price for some harmonic noise canceling whatever is when i just want to use my pickup truck for work but the majority of people buying these things yeah. aren't like
4: if you bought it and it was your everyday vehicle right. they're not hauling you would want plywood it to be as nice today. as it could be and um, even, if, like, even if you were hauling plywood why wouldn't you want the nicest one you could get yeah. like if that's your work vehicle that even you if you're all day only in?
0: using it to go to and from family court <laughs> if you're well, a judge at family court right? they're, <laughs> <laughs> I
5: mean, they're smarter they're more they're safer with yeah. more technology, they're more capable. The only thing they don't have is, is still that huge eight foot bed in your yeah. in your uh farm work truck. Style. And they're expensive. Yeah. And they're super expensive. So
0: anyway, so that is the uh the Ram fifteen hundred. <clears throat> Graham, what do you think? This is, final thoughts. Yeah. Good car? Yeah. Good truck.
4: They did a good job. It's uh wow. it's like the Wrangler. It's like everything that you wanted yeah. adjusted and some more. Resonance wise, you know. yeah. Yeah. They did. So they clearly take their customer. Uh, not that I'm their customer. Feedback, seriously, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's a good looking truck too. I think it's probably the best looking of the new new generation. Yeah,
4: the crosshair grill's gone, but yeah. and the logo's changed. <laughs> the uh, the they have this like wrestling belt sized Ram crest on the tailgate, which yeah. is funny. That's like, good. It's it's like the size of a dinner plate. It's hilarious. Yeah, yeah
5: I believe they. Ram and Ford are competing for the biggest letters biggest, on the back. Yeah. I, think was, I think it was Ram that said,
4: oh, by the way, they're one inch bigger than Ford's. I mean, the capability game is, is played it's out, so it's big letters. That's yeah. Some say it's a big deal. I don't think it's that big of a deal.
3: Well, letters,
0: letters is a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, uh, so... That's probably a <laughs> a good place. Good place to wrap this sucker up. Uh Wesley's pointing at me. One thing. Yes, the tool uh, giveaway. the tool giveaway. Yes. The, the big giveaway. Yeah.
3: Uh so a recent DIY issue yes. had a gear guide in it. Uh-huh. And we have a bunch of tools that we all have full snap-on cabinets yeah full of snap-on so tools we don't need we don't, we don't need them right.
4: yeah uh, but, but you we were gonna ratchets. throw them away but yeah. we figured I use them to prop open doors and stuff
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we use the mini doctor to melt some of them yep <laughs> 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 uh, but, so we have some tools we have Wesley run us down the list we have a some SK ratchets yep uh, we have one Scratchets. SK ratchet. One SK ratchet, yeah. Scratches.
3: it. Uh, yeah, that one got lost. Uh, an SK, a pair of SKX frame ratcheting combination wrenches. Really nice, really nice stuff. Uh, some SK flare nut wrenches. Uh-huh. Really nice stuff. Some Proto locking jaw pliers. Yep. Um, and that's basically it. The rest of the stuff yeah. we kind of so on our own.
0: Uh, doors open and whatnot. Yep. Yeah. So we have uh, we you know we want to shout out uh, JBJ thirty four oh four the 3,000th. Thir- 3, and 404th person to register a JBJ uh, username on iTunes. Congratulations, JBJ. Yeah, that is huge. And thank you for the five-star review. And thank you so much for the five-star review. Uh, Which is part of this giveaway. Which is part of this giveaway. If you want to win an item from one of these tools, yeah. Or a pair, depending. Yeah, you're going to get something in the mail. Yep. Go on iTunes. Leave a five-star review. Yep. Mention the word bribe. Or not. Whatever. Uh, is it legal to bribe people for five-star reviews? Oh, yeah. You, yeah, absolutely. Then i not a federal judge. Uh, we have un- cash. Un- unless the more this five-star reviews. <laughs> unless, unless you're a federal judge, then don't. Actually, I think that's fine. It's probably outside the purview of, a, you know, the, the iTunes reviews, they can probably do whatever they want. Yeah. Except bribes. Um, mm. uh, probably college basketball players are the only ones who can't accept uh, this money or tools. Um, but... Yeah, anyway, so go on iTunes, leave a five star review, with a comment, with a comment. Yep. Um, Just so we can track you. And say, give me them tools. Yep. And then, are we doing the screenshot thing? Yeah. And then so that way, that way we can get a hold of you. Yeah, yeah. So this is kind of complicated, but these are good tools. So screenshot it, tweet it at the AutoWeek account at AutoWeek USA, or tag us in an Instagram post uh, at AutoWeek USA. We will slide into your DMs, we will. (laughs) Gross. Gross, we're giving something away, Jake. Yeah, we're giving them tools.
5: (laughs) The term slide into your DMs is
0: gross. Why? It is not gross. We will be slipping. Sounds gross, (laughs) (laughs) sounds (laughs) gross to me. (laughs) We'll slide into your DMs and we're gonna send you some tools. It's gonna be great. Stop slide shaming, Jake. Yeah, (laughs) and listen, if this goes well, we will get more prizes um, out there. But don't hold out, because you can win as many times as you want. Um, Mm The
3: first we're person to get back to us wins.
0: Like, you could technically like delete your account and then leave another. Yeah. Or go on your mom's account or something. There's a lot of ways to win, yeah. but <laughs> yeah. you have to be first. Yeah. Okay. So get on there. Get those tools. We will get them in the mail to you as soon as possible. Um, thank you again for uh, being one of our many listeners on the AutoWeek podcast. And we will catch you after we're done shipping this dang magazine out the door uh, yep. this week.